three years of being unhappy crying on my way to school. One thing this man said on a podcast, I pulled the car over. I texted my husband. I said, I need to quit. I can't do this anymore. Because at that point, it was one person saying the simplest sentence where I said to myself, Jess, like, you'll be a trainer. You'll go get a job at Starbucks. You'll work at Target. Like, it doesn't matter. What is, why are you living in your worst case scenario? What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. And today I have the sheer honor of interviewing one of my dear friends. She is an absolute genius when it comes to business strategy and making really, really difficult things super simple. So my guest today is my friend, Jess Glazer. Jess and I met through a mastermind that she attended and I was instantly drawn to her simplicity when it comes to business. Jess is a former teacher and she has such a knack for breaking things down and creating systems and strategies that literally will blow your mind. And in this episode, she shares so much value and so many nuggets. You're going to want to grab a notebook and make sure that you're ready to learn everything that Jess has to offer. So in this episode, we dive into so many different things. Jess shares a story about how recently her and her husband have completely stretched themselves by moving into a brand new home in New York City, and it's really allowed her and her husband to up level. She talks about a podcast episode that she listened to on her way to work and how one simple sentence was the defining moment for her to quit her job in teaching and make the leap to become a full-time entrepreneur. She is literally obsessed with post-it notes. Guys, if you follow her on social media, you will see how often she uses post-it notes in her business and she is sharing a special gift with you. Make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to learn how to take a $5 pack of post-it notes and turn it into a six-figure business. Jess also talks about how her signature program, Empower You, has generated over half a million in revenue without even having a landing page. So if you are somebody who feels like you've been needing to wait until perfect, this episode is totally going to give you the permission you need. This episode is totally going to give you the permission you need to take messy action now in your business. A former celebrity personal trainer and elementary school teacher just turned her online side hustle into a million dollar business in less than two years. Since leaving her job in 2017, Jess has hired a team of incredible heart-centered humans, served hundreds of clients, and has raised and donated more than $50,000 to charity. She's been featured in Forbes, Shape, the New York Post, the Today Show, Good Day New York, and Well and Good. Jess's mission is to cause a ripple effect and inspire change for generations to come, making a massive impact and leaving lasting legacy beyond her singular actions. I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation right now. Uh, We have my girl Jess Glazer on today and she is just 
I, I, there are enough, not enough adjectives to describe your awesomeness. Truly. I freaking love you. Jess and I met at an event recently and just, we had that kind of connection where you just go in deep and like our souls recognize each other from way back in the day. I don't even know when. Um, but Jess, what I love the most about you is you're just so dynamic. I love that there's so many different like facets to your personality. And I think that's why I love you so much. And it's been so much fun to watch you lean into those different aspects of your personality. So I'm so grateful for you being here and I can't wait for this conversation. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. It's so cool too. The audience doesn't get to see it, the listeners, but like we get to see each other through Zoom right now and we're both just like geeking out ear to ear smiles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I always start off with the same signature question, which is what's one thing that you've done lately that was, what's, I totally just butchered that. What is one boldly courageous thing that you've done lately? Boldly courageous thing that I've done lately would be probably um, signing a lease for a new apartment to uplevel my life and be able to really expand and stretch into something that number one, we couldn't necessarily quote unquote afford. And number two, my husband and I were still in a lease at another apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had four months on our old lease that we couldn't like necessarily get out of. And so we kind of just took the leap and, and did it so that I could expand and grow. And since we have it's just been incredible. We've been here for about a month and a half. Mm. Okay. You know, we're going to dive into that because I love all things money and abundance, right? Yeah. So you live in, in New York City, yes. which is a, I would say, fairly expensive place to live. <laughs> you can, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. It's definitely relative, <laughs> relative to some other places. You know, you, you probably live in like a 200 square foot shoebox for $5,000. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So walk us through that decision because you had been in the same place for a little bit of time. And mm-hmm. I know that you've transitioned for those of you that don't know Jess's story. She was an educator and transitioned out of that field into coaching and has built a really, really successful, successful business. But I know that your money mindset wasn't always, you know, fixated on growing and expanding. So talk to me about like that process. What was it like for you and your husband to decide, okay, we're ready to leave the comfort, financial comfort of this container and jump to this container? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think that story really started, gosh, back in college. And I'm not going to take, we don't have to go all the way back there, but it started from initially um, an eating disorder that I had checked myself into an outpatient program for that I went through for years, uh, which that was really my first exposure to personal development. Mm. From that personal development exposure, I started to kind of leak into more of the specifics of money mindset and different things like that. And I was an elementary school teacher for eight years. I left that job two and a half years ago. But in my time that I was a teacher, I definitely had a scarcity mindset around money. Mm -hmm. I thought really small. I had a really low ceiling for myself. And I lived in this really small box. And through the time that I was a teacher, I started expanding into kind of different side hustles. I've run multiple different businesses and tried different things on the side. Health, fitness, actually fashion was part of that. Um, a women's empowerment group and, and retreats and all sorts of events. And so over the eight years that I was a teacher, I had a lot of experience in these other avenues outside of teaching. And that's when I really started to understand money and how it works and abundance and manifesting and, and all of that. And so the practice has been in play for quite some time. And it's something that I've been working on on a daily for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we decided to make this jump, it wasn't the first time we did it. 
the, I would say the first time we made a really big financial jump was when we moved from our tiny little one bedroom apartment in New Jersey to a home. So we own a home in New Jersey, big house that we could not afford. And we were totally house poor when we purchased it and we grew into it. And what was once really scary and, oh my gosh, how are we going to afford it became this is easy and not exciting anymore. And what we've realized now in hindsight, we've done this now every two years together. Mm. So every two years we've felt mm-hmm. kind of like, this is boring. It's not that exciting. It's no longer a challenge. And then, so when I left my job, we also left that home in New Jersey, moved into our first apartment in New York city, which at the time was a really big stretch financially grew into that felt really unfulfilled after two years and uh, did the same thing to get here. So we kind of keep pushing ourselves. And every time we get to a point where it doesn't feel like a stretch anymore, we're almost a little bit bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, now yeah. what? Yeah. 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 That's what we've been doing. I love this because I'm a believer and we've heard it time and time again, that your environment is stronger than your will. And oftentimes we get stuck in this environment of comfort, which on the one hand, we're like, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to coast. I just want to relax. I want to breathe. But we end up moving into discomfort. We're actually uncomfortable with the idea of being mediocre and not stretching. I think once you start with personal development, like it's impossible for you to ever stay in like the comfort zone for too long because you're like, this is boring. (laughs) I'm not struggling. Right. Um, so I love that you're sharing this in such a way. I think it's really relatable that, um, you have to change your environment in order to move to the next level. Right. And if you're not stretched and some, I'm using air quotes, financial gurus would say, don't be house poor or don't live beyond your means. However, I think that there's definitely an energetic behind it, right? So there are people out there that don't, I don't want to say don't have the ability because that's not the right languaging, but choose not to lean into other ways of generating income and abundance in their life. And yet they continue to stretch themselves financially and they end up house poor because they're trying to impress people. And it's, it actually comes from a lack perspective of I'm not good enough. So I need to buy the cars and buy the house and all the clothes to impress people. But what you're sharing and how you're talking about it is from a a more expansive energy of Mm -hmm. if I stretch myself in this way and put myself in this container then it's going to call me to a higher level of service to lean into the next evolution of who I am and how I'm here to serve and change my income goal from, you know, half a million to a million. And in order to do that, my environment has to support that growth, right? You can't grow. If you're in a little fishbowl, like you could do it, but it's almost like limiting yourself, right? Yeah. Well, it was funny. We moved a month and a half ago. And for those people who understand anything about New York city, it is insanely expensive. And so we were really in a very small shoebox, and we doubled the size. We now have two bedrooms. So I have my own office and we have two bathrooms and it literally is double the square footage and we have these beautiful windows and it's amazing. And the first couple of days we were here, I did a bunch of Instagram stories talking about like the shark. And so there are certain, certain sharks that if you put them in a small tank, they'll only grow to Mm. the size of the tank. But if you Mm -hmm. put them in a bigger tank or an ocean, they'll actually six feet, 10 feet, double, triple in size. And that's what we both felt like being here, um, which was crazy because, and what's wild is in the month and a half we've been here, my business has already doubled itself, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really wild to think about. Yeah. Cause I just, I have room to breathe and something that you said before, I just want to piggyback on. I am not in any way supporting like go be house poor and, you know, give up everything. 
I think what sometimes people don't talk about is I didn't necessarily have a financial safety net. We didn't have some like big thing to fall back on, but what I did have specifically when I quit my job as a teacher was the understanding of, I have to drop my ego. Mm. And for me to follow this passion and dream, I may have to go do something that I don't want to do for a little while to make ends meet. And I had to do a lot of inner work around that because for me, um, I, at the time had been a trainer for 15 years. Now it's been 18 and I was training celebrities and making a lot of money doing it and working at very prestigious places. And when we were going to be moving from one state to another, I had to understand that I wasn't going to be paid the same rate and I wasn't going to be working with those types of clients. And in fact, I might have to go to a big box gym and get a job as a, you know, a trainer starting out cleaning up the floor and, my ego didn't want to go back there because I thought that that was beneath me. And it might have been experience wise and credibility, credentials, certifications, but I did do that. And when I first moved to New York, I did go to a big box gym and I was back on floor duty, picking up weights and working 14 hours a day and grinding it out. And for me, I just knew that it was temporary. It was a stepping stone and it was what I needed to do in order to make that leap. So mm-hmm. Yeah, don't like throw in the towel and like <laughs> put yourself in a position where, you know, you can't put food on the table. But right. So you talked about um, making the leap from being a full time educator to being a full time entrepreneur, and quickly realizing that sometimes you have to do things that are a little uncomfortable in order to to grow into that next shark or version of you. Yes. So how did you make that leap? Because I know there's a lot of people listening that are in full-time jobs right now and feeling the same way. Like I, there, you know, this is, this is the person, right? She's super successful. She's an achiever, um, crushes every goal, you know, tenured in her job, if she's an educator and yet also feeling like there's more to life and wants to pursue the bigger dream, but has a lot of fear around, well, what if I actually fail at this? Cause I've, I've never failed in anything else but everything I've done was, you know, quote unquote safe. So I know you're an achiever. I know your mindset as well. You're a high level athlete, you're an achiever. So what was the process for you to actually take that leap and decide that you were going to leave the safe again, air quotes, safe job and safe path to follow something completely different? Yeah. I love this question. I'm so sorry about the the horns in the background. I don't know. Listen, don't really be loud. sorry. This is New York living. Like <laughs> it's New York living. That's what sure. you get to, to live in a high rise. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny. A couple things happened. People will often ask like, Oh, you're so brave. How did you just leave your job? The first, the first thing for me was it wasn't about like the bravery and quitting and this, this really like uh, superhero type thing. It was more, I was so uncomfortable that's what actually had happened. I was so uncomfortable in my life. I was so unfulfilled and so unhappy that I got to a point where I felt as though there was no other choice. And so it wasn't so much about like jumping. It was just like, I can't breathe, which is funny because before you said when we're in our comfort zones, you were talking about breathing. I couldn't breathe. I felt suffocated in my own life. The thing that triggered me was not the two and a half, three years of crying every day on my way to Mm. school, which for the record, I am a teacher to my core, I'm obsessed with all of my students. I still talk to them on social media and I loved my actual job, like what I got to do on the daily. Teachers are incredible, incredible humans and I have nothing but amazing things to say about the profession. So I'm not putting teaching down. I just was very unhappy. So it wasn't the two and a half, three years of me crying every day on my way to work. 
what it actually was, was a podcast that I was listening to. And I wish I could remember the name and I don't, and it drives me crazy, but this man was interviewing a woman and he was talking to her. She was a teacher and she had a jewelry line that she sold on Etsy. And she really wanted to go all in on her Etsy line, but she was scared because she was a teacher. She was tenured, golden handcuffs, benefits, summers, right? All the things. Mm -hmm. So he said to her, what would happen if you gave yourself one year, if you quit teaching and gave yourself one year and you tried to make it happen, if it didn't work out, what would happen? So she kind of sat with it and he said, great, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? What would happen if it didn't work? She said, well, I would go back to teaching. I might have to go to a different district, but I'd go back to teaching. Now for reference, I was driving to school while I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> it was the next thing that he said that actually had me pull the car over. He said, okay, how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? And I just like a mm -hmm. dagger through my heart, th three years of being unhappy, crying on my way to school. One thing this man said on a podcast, I pulled the car over. I texted my husband. I said, I need to quit. I can't do this anymore. Because at that point it was one person saying the simplest sentence where I said to myself, Jess, like, you'll be a trainer. You'll go get a job at Starbucks. You'll work at Target. Like, it doesn't matter. What is, why are you living in your worst case scenario? And so for me, mm. it was just that being, how uncomfortable was I going to be and how unhappy was I going to be? And as soon as I heard that question, yeah, that was it. I told my husband that day I was going to quit. That was October of 2016. And then that year, 2017 was my last year teaching. We uh, kind of worked through what that would look like. I gave notice in January, right after the holiday break. So two months after I heard the podcast and then we told the school district, I guess it was like, you know, February, March. And then, and then, and then I was done. Mm. And yeah. Never looked back. <laughs> I love this because yeah, oftentimes we're walking around living in our worst case scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have this like doomsday picture of how bad things can actually be. But when we sit down and kind of map it out and think about, okay, well, if that happened, then what would I do? And then what would I do? We recognize that we're actually right where we would be if we took a leap and it didn't work out for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And um, I love that you're sharing this because you are truly a teacher at heart. I've seen you share your gifts before and you're an incredible educator and teacher on social media in person you have a real passion for sharing things business and strategy and social media and inspiration and you have some killer handstands guys you got to follow <laughs> Jess on Instagram she is so much fun and so educational and hilarious all at the same time and you brought up a really interesting point that sometimes like when we're not living when, when our actions every single day are not congruent with what our purpose is, we don't find true fulfillment. And your purpose is definitely as an educator and an ins inspiration. However, you, your actions to fulfill that purpose were not incongruent with what your soul wanted and you weren't feeling fulfilled. Like you had a bigger tank that you needed to jump into. So it's yeah. amazing to hear you articulate that because I know a lot of people feel the same way. They, they literally drive to work every day feeling like there's got to be more yeah. to life than this. Right. Yeah. I mean, ugh. so yeah. <laughs> now fast forward, here you are this total boss babe. And I would love for you to share a little bit about what you do now and you know, what your zone of genius is and how you help people. Sure. Yeah. So now I'm a business coach, but that was not the path and that's not where it started. And I'm super transparent about my journey. I started online health and fitness coaching in 2013. 
So that was already, what, seven, eight years ago that I was doing that, 2012, 13. And I dabbled in all different things online. So one-on-one coaching, email check-ins, people paying to be a part of a Facebook group, running challenges, 12-week eBooks, and just kind of did it as a side hustle while I was teaching. And like I had kind of talked about earlier, I had built a company where we were doing monthly women's only field trips and we did events and retreats and everything like that. So when I did leave teaching and moved into the city, the comfortable thing that was helping pay the bills was my job as a trainer. And the side hustle still was the trying to make the online thing work. And what I realized was a conversation that I had a couple of years ago, actually with our coach, we had a conversation and he had said to me, shout out to Chris Harder, because he has <laughs> He's just the best. changed my life. Yeah. He said to me, I'm really proud of you. And he said it with kind of like a snarky smile. And I don't know if he knows the story. He said, I'm really proud of you. And I kind of looked at him like, well, that doesn't feel genuine. He said, you replaced your teaching job with another job. Cool. How does it feel? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. And he was right. I was grinding at the gym and I thought it was what I had to do. And I hadn't actually taken the leap. I just replaced mm. my job with a job that I knew I could do that I was good at. Yeah. And yes, at the end of the day, I did have to pay the bills, but could I do it in a different way? So he kind of triggered me to take that training business and cut it in half and see what I could really do online. And when I did that, when I actually cut my clientele in half, I, you know, doubled, then tripled, then 4X and 5X my online business. And what had happened was I had a health and fitness coaching business online and it was doing really well. And a lot of my friends in the industry, a lot of my trainer friends were asking me, why are you always behind the computer? What are you building? How do you make all your money? How did you cut your clients in half and you're still surviving? And so without even thinking twice, I just started kind of teaching one friend and then two, and then all of a sudden two turned into six every Thursday at noon in the group fitness studio. And after a month, I'm like, you know, guys, we do this class every, every Thursday at noon. Like, I think I have to charge you. Yeah. And so it just really was an accident. It kind of just unfolded the way that it did. And I've invested so much of my time and money and energy into other coaches and programs and masterminds. And I just, I'm like a forever student. I will always be learning. And the more that I learn, the more I can bring back to my clients. And that's basically how it all happened. So I don't have an MBA. I went to school for my doctorate of physical therapy. Like I I came from a different industry and I'm super honest about it, but I think there's like Tony Robbins says, you know, it's the results and I have a PhD in results. My clients Amen. get insane results. They do. I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. And this is so, um, like obvious, right? When you talk about, uh, people trying to find their gifts or entrepreneurship, we think that we need to stay in one particular path because our family expects it or, our coworkers expected. And if we go outside the norm, are we going to be kicked out of the community? And are we going to be kicked out of the tribe? And will people accept me? And what if I become too successful? Will my friends still like me? And, you know, I think when it comes to confidence, we talk about this a lot is it starts with that discomfort, right? And you were talking about driving to work every single day and crying and you get this gut hit of, I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, growing my own business online, becoming a health coach. I don't know what it is. I just know it's something different. And then we move into resistance, which is 
getting really, really busy so that we can't actually do the thing that we're so freaking scared to do, but our soul is like, you need to do this right now. Right. And we're like, okay, well, let me just get really busy. So I don't have time to do that. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. You're like, let me just work 14 hour days in a gym. So I don't actually have to do the thing that my soul is like, Jess, you need to do this. And this is like, this is every, this is every entrepreneur's journey. Like we still do this today. Like I will still find myself doing stuff that I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, this it's is not it doesn't help the needle. Yeah. But it's path of least resistance. So you go back to your like default. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I truly feel like entrepreneurship is really about being open to pivoting with like creative exploration because if you get super stuck on the idea of how it's supposed to look, it robs you of like the, the joy and the excitement and the, and the mystery that is following your path. Cause it never, what's that meme, right? Like success is not a straight line. It looks like all crazy, like a bowl of pasta. Right. And that's true. I mean, really, when you think about if you sit down any successful entrepreneur, yourself included, and you ask them, tell me where you started. You're like, well, I went to school for physical therapy and then I quit and I decided to do fashion design. And then I was a teacher and it's like, whoa, but all of that helped you to get to where you are today, which is an amazing educator. And you're so good with strategy. So share a little bit more about like your favorite thing to geek out on. Like if I come to you and I ask you a question, what is the thing that you're like, oh my God, please ask me. Cause I just can't wait to teach you this thing. Yeah. I have found that I'm really good at taking difficult and confusing things and making them easy to digest. Mm -hmm. So whether that's someone's idea in their head or specific to like course creation, I'm able to pull it apart. And I think I, again, equate that to my years teaching where I can put together a curriculum with lesson plans and break it down into modules and chapters and smaller and smaller and smaller. So that's something that I'm just really good at. And I've really found it's really fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, seeing a bird's eye view of somebody's business where there are holes, what's leaking, where we can plug it, how we can fix it and just really cleaning up the foundation. So, um, it just, again, something I'm able to like, I'm able to zoom out really well. And one of the things that I do, I know that you've used it, you've seen it. One of the things that I do that I am obsessed with, and I wish I, I wish I had like stock in the company or at least a a sponsorship. We're manifesting this. Um, I use post-it notes for everything. And so I use post-it notes on how can you create a course? I use post-it notes with content. How can you come up with content for a month on social media within five minutes? I use post-it notes on how do you name a program? And I really use post-its quite a bit in all of the programs that I teach. And I just find it really... um, no matter if you are an auditory learner, someone who learns by hearing or a visual learner or a kinesthetic learner, right? We have different types of learners. There's something about physical touch and doing that everybody can relate to. And so taking a post-it note or a pack of them and being able to move them around physically on your wall and crumple them up and throw them away and stick them to each other. It's just like, it's the best feeling in the world. And it makes really complicated things really easy. And so I would actually love to gift your audience with one of my favorite post-it trainings that I offer. 
Yes. Thank you. I I'm obsessed with post-it notes because of you. Yeah. we're going to get you sponsored by post-its. We are going to manifest the shit out of that somehow, Please. some way. Yes. Please. Yeah. So I have this really incredible training that I do called post-it to profit and Ooh. it's taking a $4 pack of post-its or like $8 if you're in, your, in New York city um, and turning, <laughs> turning it into thousands or tens of thousands or millions of dollars truly. And so if you guys go to jessglazer.com slash post it to profit free. We'll give you the link in the, in the bio as well, yeah. but I'd love you to yeah grab that. Oh my God, guys, her post-it note training like has <laughs> rocked my world multiple times and it's so simple, right? And, and so yes, simple. I would 100% echo everything you said that your superpower is taking really complicated things and making it so stupid simple. You're like, how did I not think of that? Like, thank you, Jess, for being amazing. I love it. Thank you. I love it. So you host um, two signature programs. You have your Grind to Aligned, which is a higher level mastermind, right? Yes. And then you also have Empower You, and which is more of a beginner level right program. Yes. I want to talk about Grind to Align for a second, because mm-hmm. I know that you created this mastermind out of a need for yourself, really, to yeah. shift from grinding in your business to creating from a place of true alignment. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what that means to you and what you've had to go through as you've scaled your business from, you know, a six figure to you're, you're going to hit seven figures this year. So talk about that process and what that means for you to go from grind to align. Yeah. I love this so much. I think, you know, it's such an interesting thing. There's a lot of stuff trending on social media from a lot of these business owners, specifically women who are doing seven or eight figures in their business. And their messaging now is you don't have to hustle. You don't have to grind. Like let's not, let's avoid burnout and adrenal fatigue, which I'm all about. And I've yet to see someone get to that point in their business without the grind, the hustle and the burnout. So I find it really interesting that like the messaging has shifted in this way. What had happened for me was Empower University signature 90 day coaching program, you know, helping people build out business. Great. I did it myself. I went through it. I've helped hundreds of people go through something like that. After you hit the six figure and even like multiple six figure around 200, 250, something like that, you start to get to a point where you really need to outsource. If you want to scale, if you want to grow, you need to bring on team members And the amount of hours you're working is just insane if you want to reach that half a million to a million dollar uh, financial goal. And so I danced with burnout all of 2019. I did multiple launches and every launch that I did, I was sick for a week after, Mm -hmm. just completely destroyed. And what I found in the industry for me, and I could be wrong because I, I don't know what I don't know. What I found for me was there were a lot of entry-level coaches, similar to Empower University, and there were a lot of really high-level masterminds like the one that we're in now, but there was a gap for the person who was in that like 250 to even like 700,000 range. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there needed to be a space for them. And if I had some sort of support Would it have not happened? Probably not, because that's my nature is to go, 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 to push, push, push. Um, But would it it have felt really, you know, supportive having people going through it with me, having a coach who understood something like that? Probably. Mm -hmm. So Grind to Aligned came from a need for myself. And what I, it's actually called a hybrid mastermind, because I think that the word mastermind is also very loosely thrown around on the internet right now. And people might not understand. So the definition of a mastermind is truly just a facilitator 
bringing together a group of like-minded people and they're setting a container for those people to then help one another. There's no true coaching that goes into it. Um, while the facilitator may offer some coaching or they may bring in other experts, there's no true format. It's not like a chapter one, chapter two, chapter three type thing. Now, coaching programs, typically the leader or facilitator is a coach bringing you through specific chapters, modules, lessons, et cetera. So what I wanted was a hybrid of all. And so the Grind to Align Hybrid Mastermind is a six month container where I was, it's very highly curated. I only am working with 10 women right now. And they had to go through a pretty extensive interview process to make sure that they fit in the mastermind to help one another. Yeah. And then I'm blending together one-on-one -on -one coaching with them and group coaching with them. And they have their mastermind aspect. And then we do two retreats as well. Mm. Yeah. I. I'm obsessed with that, obviously, because, you know, I'm a big fan of masterminds and group coaching yeah. and all those things as well. And I think that, um, you know, burnout's a real thing because again, it goes back to that busy versus productive uh, mm -hmm. aspect that our, our, when we transition from full-time employee, we have someone telling us everything to do. We have really measurable, like key performance indicators for our job. We know exactly what it's expected of us and the container is already set. So it's really easy for us to show up and do our job and leave our job at our job. Yeah. When you transition to entrepreneurship, you become your own boss. And so if you don't know what you don't know, you're going to make yourself super busy so that you feel productive, even though you're not productive. And this can really lead to, to burnout because you're spinning your wheels in a way that you think you should, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because you don't know what are the key performance indicators in my business and what are the revenue generating activities that I have to do? What actually brings me joy? What makes me money? What doesn't make me money? What sucks my soul? And I feel like you kind of have to go through a little bit of that to learn what do I love and what do I hate? And I know. this is a process I take my clients through is, is we, it's like a T-chart exercise of what do I love and brings yeah. me joy on one side and what do I hate and I wish I never had to do on the other side. And just because something in your business makes you money doesn't mean that you're the best person for the job. And this was this is a hard thing to realize for us type A personality people who like to do everything ourselves, right? We don't yeah, want to outsource. Sure. <laughs> we don't want to relinquish, relinquish control. And we also want to remain the smartest person in our company. Mm -hmm. And just because something makes you money, if, if it doesn't bring you joy and you don't enjoy doing it, you're actually blocking your abundance because it's not your zone of genius, right? right. So I love that you shared that because I think that for earlier stage entrepreneurs to have access to that kind of knowledge. I think that's the way that you're going to start to see a lot of the coaching industry shifting yeah. is that more experienced entrepreneurs are going to teach earlier entrepreneurs all of the mistakes they made <laughs> about working smarter, not harder in their business, learning self-care, how to open, be open to receive abundance, how to outsource quicker. And even outsourcing, I feel we get a lot of stuckness around limiting beliefs of yep. I can do it myself. Why would I pay someone else to do it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting though. You, I mean, you said it, I still, and people could disagree with me. That's fine. I still think there is a level of like, you kind of have to go through it. I think it's great if we have all these higher level entrepreneurs teaching it, but it's kind of like, don't touch the hot stove. And then the kid touches the stove and they'll never do it again. So it's like that. It's like, you kind of need to fall down and scrape your knee or touch the stove. And then you're like, Oh, that didn't feel good. 
It's about awareness, right? Yeah. And everyone's definition of what feels good and what doesn't feel good is different. Like what yeah. you love in your business, other people might say, no, thank you. Right. Yeah. And vice versa. So, um, I love that you shared that. And I think it's super valuable. And, um, I, I think that aligned is the new hustle, right? It that's, really is. That's kind of like the, the new tagline, right? If I'm, yeah. but if you are working from a place of true alignment, it feels, even though you are in hustle, I think you can avoid, avoid burnout if it feels really, really good. I agree. And I also think burnout does not equal success. Mm, amen to that. Right. Yeah. It's like, like a badge of just, honor. Yeah. So like busy. don't burn yourself out. Just thinking like that's when you made it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So where can people connect with you, Jess? Cause I know that there are going to be a lot of listeners that are going to want to know how they can get their hands on your post-it trainings and mm. get into your circle and your energy and hang out with your handstand chats in the morning on Instagram. <laughs> I love them so much. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm on Instagram the most, honestly, I'm at jess.glazer, G-L-A-Z-E-R. Please DM me. I talk to everybody. Watch me on stories. I'm on stories every day. Um, Melissa keeps talking about my handstands. So I do a thing every morning where I talk into my camera while I'm in a handstand. I put the phone like under my face on the floor. And um, that's really just like a fun thing that I do. But yeah, Instagram. I mean, I have a website, justlazer.com. And, you know, I'm on Facebook here and there, but not, not so much. It's mostly Instagram. Do people even look at websites anymore? I don't think so. I... Which is so funny because <laughs> people think they're so important and like they're just not... <laughs> I don't even have a website anymore. I think I forgot to like renew my SiteGround subscription. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, I don't need that. I think it depends on your industry, right? Like if you're yeah. an actor or a model and you need like a landing page with all your yeah. press and, and portfolio and stuff, it's definitely important, but. <laughs> but you're right. We do get so wrapped up in the idea of like our website and oh. then like your Instagram is your website. Like I get on stories. That's my website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I tell people all the time, Empower University, the one program alone did, um, whatever it did half a million dollars in sales without, without a landing page. Like it literally did not have a sales page. So. You, you just said, whatever, what, what was that about? <laughs> saying the number, mm-hmm. saying the number, but I want, I, I truly, I'm very open and I want people to understand what that could look like because I do get I call them students, but I get clients that come in and they're all wrapped up in their logo and their colors and their website. And like, I don't know how much money I should spend. And I don't have money for, you know, to spend on a website or I'm bad at tech. And yeah, I mean, let it sink in like half a million dollars in sales off of something that didn't even have a sales page. And I only have it now just because like, I don't know. Because you can. can. Yeah, because you can. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, well, I guess I should have a website at this point or a sales page. But you know what? I, that, that's going to give a lot of people permission because you're right. That's another example of getting stuck and busy and not productive and taking the path of least resistance. I always ask myself this question when I feel myself going down a rabbit hole like that. I'm like, what would be easy? Mm. And nine times out of 10, the thing that would be easy is not to get caught up in the minutia of writing copy and building a sales page because I suck at tech when it comes to like that kind of stuff. But what I'm really good at is just getting on stories and talking to people and being like, listen, here's why you need to do this. And here's what I have to tell you. And, you know, just get on and connect with people. And I feel like obviously that's going to work way better than someone going to a landing page. Now, are there people that could argue that? Yes. And again, I think this is a perfect example of figuring out what feels good to you and really taking the path of least resistance in the beginning of your business. And, you know, like 
your business is so successful. And we've talked before about like backend systems and you're like, you know, I, I need to put systems in place now. Like I don't even really have an email list and, and people's like eyes bug out of their head when they're like, what, you don't have an email list. And you're like, no, I don't. But, but I have a business that generates half a million and I have a successful following and I'm a content creator. And so I love that you shared that because again, I think it's just going to give a lot of people permission to like, it doesn't, it's not as complicated as we all think it is. Mm. And if you just really lean into what your gifts are and just start showing up and adding value, yeah. people will resonate with that. They don't really care what your website looks like. Yeah. Well, I think that's also a lot of the, I know we're supposed to wrap up. I think that's also a lot of the, the shoulds, like you feel mm-hmm. like you should, or you have to, because other people are, or this is the way that someone else does it. And going back to alignment, it's what is the most fun and exciting for you and what feels good for you. Yeah. And, and that's the whole trending authenticity thing that's coming up right now yeah. or that has been trending for a while. Like that's actually what authentic means. Authentic doesn't mean you have to come on and, and peel back the curtains and tell people your, your deepest, darkest secrets and your childhood wounds. Authenticity is just like doing what is right for you. And mm. so if, you know, showing up on stories is something that you don't want to do, I mean, I would argue as a business coach, you should practice it, like get out of your comfort zone. Cause it really, <laughs> it's very yeah. effective. Yes. Um, cause video is a great way for people to really start to learn who you are and know, like, and trust you. But yeah, yeah I mean, if websites aren't your thing, like don't do websites until don't maybe one day, website. whatever. Don't yeah. do the website. <laughs> We're going to start a new hashtag. Websites suck. <laughs> Just kidding for any of those web designers out there. I love you. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question. Mm. what are you celebrating right now? Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And you can this go for such a as trigger. long as you want. Oh, I know. This so I'm going to make trigger. you sit in this. Like you got to celebrate big. What are you celebrating? Yeah. Thank you. Um, what am I celebrating? So it's gosh, so many things I'm celebrating, you know, it's something you were there. I was voted MVP for the weekend at our elite mastermind. And I felt like it was a, silly award at first until I found myself crying in the bathroom for 10 minutes. And that came up because I felt like I had imposter syndrome going into it. Who am I to be in this room? I shouldn't be here. I don't have the value to add. These people have big businesses. Um, And then to be voted MVP by my peers was really, um, it just kind of flipped my world upside down. And when I spoke to Chris and Lori after they were saying how it is such a big deal because you are seen and it was, you know, I felt seen and I felt like I had permission. So I'm still riding on that and I'm celebrating that because that felt really good. I'm celebrating selling out my high level masterminds uh, with ease that that's what I'm celebrating. It's with ease. I actually didn't launch it. I never publicly put it out there and I was able to sell that out. I'm celebrating my husband and I just making our life, taking back our life, because I think in 2019, we both got lost in work, which yeah, cool. Our businesses did really well. Um, but we kind of towards the end of the year, especially I'm an avid reader. So if you guys follow me, you'll see, I read every day. I'm obsessed with books. My reading fell off track. My health was off last year. I had a couple different injuries and health scares. Um, I stopped working out, which for, you know, a trainer is just not normal. Um, (laughs) And so I think we just really took back our lives this year and we both have been reading every day and we're back at the gym every day and eating better, you know, making better choices every day, going to bed earlier. So I'm definitely celebrating that. I'm celebrating um, just the friends and the family that I have in my life. There's so many people that 
that are so supportive. And I found over the past couple of months, almost a turning point where people kind of have come back out of the woodworks who maybe weren't supporting me or didn't think that what I was doing was a good choice, or maybe there was envy. I don't really know, but they've all kind of come back around and it's been like a really supportive, uplifting season for me. And that feels really, really good. And on the same note, I am celebrating leaving behind some people, things and habits that were really toxic for me. Um, and just really inserting myself in the right rooms and just stepping into all that. So yeah, I mean, tons to celebrate. Mm. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Thank it's you so, so much. so good to hear you say all those things. Thank so you. guys, I know you are loving this episode as much as I am and feeling all the feels. I've had like chills five times listening to you talk. So it's just amazing. You. So make sure you um, tag this up or screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram, tag me, tag Jess so that we can celebrate you. Go follow Jess and watch all of the things that she has to say and teach. And she's going to be speaking at just gonna say Align that. and Rise. Yeah. So if you want to come meet her in person and do handstands together and learn about posts and so many other amazing things you have to come come see us at align and rise may 1st 2nd 3rd in saratoga yes i'm so and excited jess i just want to truly acknowledge you for just everything for who you are for being so willing to do the work and and being vulnerable willing to be vulnerable and transparent about your journey and just being a great friend and a great mentor to me as well i learned so much from you every single day and thank you for sharing your time with us today Thank you. And thank you for getting out of your own way and starting this podcast. (laughs) The amount of people that you are helping and um, the messages you are getting out there wouldn't be happening if you didn't do that. So congrats to you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. No, I receive all of that. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you love this episode and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.